SAFM Literature here on SAFM and I'm Nancy Richards as you hear and what we have coming up in the second hour between now and uh, between now and three o'clock book two, The Democratic Opportunity Does South Africa Need Electoral Reform? It's a book by journalist and columnist, Soweto columnist she's Nampumalela Ronji who we spoke to a little while ago back uh, on the show all about what it's like to be a columnist what's involved, so we'll find out what she has to say in this slightly more extended form of writing after that, it's our bookshelf time, and our reader today is Robin Ausmeyer. She's University of Cape Town gender print and English uh, print journalism and English student. And don't forget, if you would like to join us, uh, tell us what you're reading on the show. You're welcome. The address, the email address, is books at safm.co.za. Then, in our story feature, our story today is the first in a two-part documentary by Nigel Famas, all about young jazz musicians, a new talent with a long future ahead. Richards. You're listening to SAFM Literature here on SAFM and in our book two item, looking at a book called The Democratic Opportunity, Does South Africa Need Electoral Reform? Well, that's a very good question. And who better to answer it but somebody who is deeply into the uh, the journalistic world. She's Nampumalelo Runji. In fact, we spoke to her some little while ago right here on SAFM Literature. She was telling us what it's like to be a columnist and all the uh, the ins and outs and pitfalls that go with that. In fact, it was I seem to remember Nampumalelo, it was very, very interesting how you approached that. So even more interesting that you decided to turn your hand to authorship. Tell me how come you got to be writing The Democratic Opportunity? Um, well, like, like I said last time when we had our chat, my background is in sociology and political science, and I, I did a bit of work as a researcher in uh, various NGOs, including the Institute for Security Studies and the Forum for Public Dialogue. Um, so I have been thinking about this topic for quite some time, um, and it actually grew from a project I did for the Forum for Public Dialogue, where we were looking at um, questions of accountability and transparency in, in in South Africa and in the government in particular. So I thought it would be good to take these thoughts that I have and these various theories that I have and test them um, by um, doing a comparative study of South Africa, comparing it with Kenya and Zimbabwe to see if really uh, this question of electoral reform would actually bring about any um, you know, strengthening of accountability and transparency in our country, for instance. Um, we've heard people like Mampele Rampele um, at the time where she was uh, entering the political fray where she said that, um, you know, we should look at electoral reform if we wanted to uh, strengthen accountability in government, strengthen uh, the quality of our governance, um, you know, and uh, we heard the DA just in the run-up to the elections in their manifesto. They had this um, question of electoral reform as one of the things that we need to do to get this country working a, a bit better. But I thought it is important not just to speak about it, you know, as politicians would do throwing things out there, but to actually test this notion about electoral reform and what impact it really would have for our country moving forward. So that's what actually got me to write this book. Test it. How do you put it to the test? 
Um, well, what I thought to do was to say, okay, what is the relationship between elections and governance, you know? And having that question in mind, then I asked myself, if South Africa uses the proportional representation system, because that's what we use in our elections, we don't uh, elect um, representatives directly, but we elect political parties, whereas in some other countries, they actually elect individuals who um, campaign on an individual ticket under certain political parties. So I said to myself, um, why don't we look at countries that do have a different electoral system, that do have a system where they elect representatives directly, and ask ourselves the question, has that impacted um, on their quality of governance, and has that guaranteed greater accountability and transparency in those, co- uh, those countries? And having answered that question, then it would be easier, you know, to apply uh, the, the same question to South Africa as well. So that's how I went about testing um, that uh, theory that many uh, opposition politicians were espousing. You know, what I like best of all about your book is the title. I mean, you know, which isn't not casting aspersions on the rest of the book, but I'm just loving the democratic opportunity. Mm. It's a very positive approach that you've taken. So you're not necessarily um, downing the system that we have. You're saying, yes. is this an opportunity that we could be doing it better? Is that the, the stance that you've taken? Yes, exactly. Um, it's more to say... Um, you know, we, we've got a really good thing going here, but how can we make it even better? And um, if the suggestion is plausible, could it indeed get us where we want to go? You know, to get the country working better, to get government working better, to get the delivery of services um, working a bit better. And, and that's, that's the, 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 the approach I took to the book. I wasn't out to criticize um, our country, uh, but to say, um, what are we doing right and what could we be doing better and what are we doing wrong and what can we do to arrest what is going wrong? And um, if you look at um, the first chapter, there is a quotation that I use from um, Reverend uh, Jesse Jackson, um, who was here in 2013, and he said some very interesting words. He said, democracy does not guarantee success, it guarantees opportunity. Mm. And how how I thought about it is, um, it's like having a blank canvas, so democracy is a blank canvas, and um, it then we have all the paints, you know, and we can take a paintbrush and paint onto that canvas whatever it is that we want to see, you know. So here we are, 20 years later into our democracy. Um, you know, it's still a very young democracy, so we still have a lot of paint that we can use on this canvas of ours. And that's how I thought about it when I went uh, into writing this book, actually. Okay, so... In terms of looking for different colors, different uh, paint palettes, you went to Kenya and Zimbabwe. Just explain uh, their systems and why you've chosen those in particular. You know, one does think, okay, have they got it so very right? Just, just tell us a little bit about their systems. Yes, I decided um, to go for Kenya and um, Zimbabwe because they are on the African continent. Um, I wanted to choose a country uh, that is within the SADC region, which uh, South Africa is a part, so I, I went for Zimbabwe, and for a country that isn't, and then I went for, for Kenya. I also went uh, about choosing these countries because they have a completely different electoral system to South Africa. They use uh, what we call a constitu- constituency-based electoral system. 
in this system, um, in, instead of electing just political parties and then having the parties elect the president in parliament, how it works for them is that they elect individuals directly. So um, they, they would be, the country would be divided into, divided into different constituencies, uh, which is different electoral regions. We could put it like that just for simplicity's sake. And then they there would be different individuals who run uh, in those different regions to represent the regions in parliament. So the people would not uh, vote for a political party, but they would actually vote for a particular individual. Um, and then they also have a situation where the president is actually elected directly. So it's the people that elected the president, unlike here in South Africa, where it's parliament that elects the, the president. Um, so I, I decided to use those systems because they are opposite to what we use in South Africa. And because of the question that I was asking, which is, um, would a different electoral system guarantee greater accountability? Would it guarantee good governance and, and make our government work better? Um, I used, I asked the same question of those countries and I said, they have been using a constituency-based system for over, you know, um, four decades um, in, in um, Kenya and over uh, two decades in Zimbabwe. And has that actually made them more, made the government there more accountable? Has it made the government there more transparent? Has it made uh, governance there work better? Um, and when you look at the findings, actually, and compare the three countries, you'll find that um, it didn't, in actual fact, um, have a positive impact on their governance performance. In fact, um, you'll find that South Africa actually uh, stands apart from the, uh, of the three countries, South Africa performs better on those, uh, um, uh, on the aspects of accountability, on the aspects of transparency, on the aspects of good governance. South Africa actually performs better, which was a very interesting finding. Who did you ask? I mean, who is in a position to say better or worse? Yes, it is. No, it isn't. More accountable. Mm -hmm. What I did, Nancy, is I um, actually went to analyze um, the constitutions of the three countries, and I also um, looked at the political history of the countries in question, and I went through a lot of literature, a lot of journal articles, a lot of uh, books uh, that focus on, on these questions. So it was... Um, more of a, um, a comparative study based on historical um, 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 evidence yeah. that we find already written in the history books and in political science textbooks and an analysis of the constitutions of the of the three countries. Is voting voting for individuals versus voting for parties are those the only two options? Um, no, they are not the only two options. Actually, um, we. Generally speaking, you have three broad um, categories of electoral systems. You've got what we have here in South Africa, the proportional representation system, where you just elect a, a political party using party lists. Then you have uh, the second group, which is a constituency-based system, where you elect individuals. And then you've got a mixed system, where you have a mixture of the two. 
um, you'll find the system, this system working. Actually, we use it in our local government elections, the municipal elections, where you have ward councillors that stand on their own ticket, and we also have um, voting for, for for political parties. We do it does work here in South Africa, but more broadly speaking, you will find it in a country like Germany, for instance. That is the best example of um, a mixed system. Yes. yes, Germany. I, you know, one, as soon as we move to Europe, it suddenly becomes uh, the comparisons seem not to be so relevant, or, yes. or, or not necessarily. I mean, not necessarily. Do, you know, sometimes we say we need to do it the African way. Is that necessarily the case? Context is very important, mm. Nancy. Um, it is very important. The way that democracy expresses itself in Africa is is different to the way it expresses itself in other parts of the world. Um, can, you and it all to do can you give us some examples on that? Yeah, I, I was going to get into it. Mm. It has to do with many things. It has to do with um, the prevailing cultures in those societies. It is also informed by the history of, of the countries as well. Um, it's also in, uh, in, informed by the various um, identities and the groupings within those societies. So in, in, in Africa, we, we tend to be hetero heterogeneous. Um, we are not homogenous. We're not all the same. Whereas what you find in most the European countries is that they've got a, um, there's a, there's a sense of heter um, homogeneity um, when you look at the cultural identities and the ethnicities that you find in those countries. Um, so that, that type of context is very important in terms of how um, uh, the politics then manifests itself and expresses itself in, in those societies. Just coming back to the title of your book, or at least the subtitle, Does South Africa Need Electoral Reform? Question mark. Mm. Do you answer the question? I mean, it's, a, it's been a process, it's been a journey putting yeah. together this book. You've been working through a lot of things, but yes. is there an answer? Do, do we, never mind what sort of reform we need, yeah. do we need reform? Well, um, Given that we're the one country out of the three that seems to be working best. Well, if you look at the last uh, chapter of the book, which is standing at a crossroads, mm. I actually do get into uh, trying to give an answer to that question. One of the things, one of the uh, key things that we must consider as we think about this question is that um, good governance, rather than being an outcome of electoral processes, is more a matter of political culture, democratic uh, institutional designs, so basically what kind of institutions are in that society, um, as well as um, the type of leadership and the strength of the constitution. So it's not just about um, how people vote. Um, it's also about how the systems uh, and the institutions in, in the, the various countries actually work. And one of the things that sets us apart as South Africans that we can be very proud of is that we've got very strong institutions. We've got a very good legal framework. We've got a very good constitution, and that has been said many times, you know. Um, mm. So we can be very proud of that, and be it's precisely because of this institutional framework, which includes uh, the separation of powers, where um, you've got the executive, you've got the legislature, you've got an independent judiciary that can act as checks and balances on each other. Um, it's precisely because of the, the type of design that we have that, that has been able to set us apart from other countries. We've been able to um, overcome the pitfalls of, of centralization of power within the presidency, for instance, as, as we see in, in Zimbabwe, as we've seen in Zimbabwe and, and in Kenya. Um, but we do have 
um, problems. We do have surge problems and signs of decline are there. We can't mm-hmm. uh, deny that. And one of the things that are really concerning about where we're going in, in our country is uh, the, the tenuous relationship we seem to be uh, seeing between um, the executive and the legislature. Whereas the parliament is finding, it seems to be finding it very difficult to hold the executive to account. And um, in particular, I would speak about what, what we're actually dealing with now, current in, currently in South African politics, which is the, the Nkandla um, mm. debacle. Um, where where you've got you, there seems to be this tug of war between the legislature as well as um, the executive and the public protector, for instance. Um, the other element that is of concern, of course, is the growing levels of uh, corruption and maladministration um, in in our government. Um, so those things are, are, are indicators and signs of of of, of decline and. Those should be warning signals for us, yes, so yes. that we we don't think that we are okay, and so we 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 tend to be complacent. Uh, it's important for us to value what we have, value the institutions we have, and protect them. And one of the important things to 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 doing so is 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 public participation, yeah, public yeah. engagement. Well, yes, pu- yes, public being what it's all about. You know, mm-hmm. the essence of a, demo- uh, a democracy is yes. that people get to have a voice. They they don't just vote. They're able to uh, affect changes where they feel that they need be there. Mm. You talk about maladministration and corruption. I mean, there's certainly a lot of uh, dissatisfaction. We've seen levels of protests that we haven't seen before. Yes. You know, and it, this is not looking good. So. Who would be in a position to be making the decision about whether or not we we have indeed got a democratic opportunity and whether or not we need electoral reform? In other words, who are you addressing the book to? Well, the book is addressed at um, our current uh, government. It's also addressed to the opposition parties because I I do give advice to opposition parties um, because there's a tendency of, 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 of... um, problematizing the dominance of the African uh, National Congress when when we look at the commentary in the public di- uh, discourse um, and the problem with that is that we we almost allow the opposition to get off scot-free you know they also have a responsibility to be um, um, what's the word to appeal you know to to the electorate they need to be more relevant to the electorate as well so that there is uh, 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 an alternative for people to look for you know um the 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 other um target market for this book is, is the electorate itself mm. as the people ourselves um, because the book is not so much to uh, push a certain agenda for reform or against reform but it's to say this is where we are this is where we've come from and if we want to go to a better place this, these are the things we should be considering and there's 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 a word to the government there's a word to opposition parties there's a word also uh, to the public about how we can make that happen Lastly, Nongpupulelo, is it written in a, in a way such as, as it is going to be accessible accessible to the electorate? I mean, is everybody going to be able to read yeah. this and think, okay, I see where she's coming from, I've got an opinion now? I'll give you an example. Um, before I actually um, put it out there, I gave it to my um, 20-year-old sister um, to, to, to read through. I gave it to, them, to my mother 
um, and I gave it to um, various non-political, uh, politically inclined friends of mine. Um, and the one thing that they came back saying to me was that, wow, we thought this would be a difficult read, but we, we found it very um, simple, um, you know, very accessible. Mm very um understandable so what i've tried to do really um i was thinking of the electorate as i wrote this i was thinking of the public as i wrote it so um i've tried to make it as simple as possible um anybody who picks up this book um should be able to understand um uh you know every single section of the book without without feeling like it goes over their heads um, the other thing that has really helped is that, you know, coming from an acad- academic background, now I work in a, in a media, um, uh, 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 um, yeah. yes. Mm. And, um, you, one of the skills that you have to have is to be able to, um, appeal and be accessible. Um, to the audience because all, you have to always assume that your audience does not know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know what they say, assume nothing ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fascinating and I'm going to give out all the details so if anybody would like to access this and I am reliably informed that it is absolutely accessible. So there you go, Nampumalelo, well done for tackling such a subject and uh, let me give out the details. So it's The Democratic Opportunity Does South Africa Need Electoral Reform? Published by NR Research and Analysis, is that right? Yes. Available in all leading bookshops, I'm sure. Nampumalelo, yeah. I'm sure that we'll speak again. Take care. Thank you very much. Do do you mind if I just give out my Twitter account for those who want to engage uh, with me further? It's at Nompomelelo Runj, not Runji, at Nompomelelo Runj. Um, It's also available um, on the Kalahari um, bookshop online as well. Twitter handle Nompomalelo at Nompomalelo Runj and it's also available on Kalahari which of course is www.kalahari.com. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you very much. You're listening to SAFM Literature 